Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Hey, Mum, come and have a look at this. I've got something to show you. Oh, God, what do you want now, Arthur? Go on, read it out. Mummy's Boy with Arthur Hill, a brand new podcast starring Arthur Hill and his mother, Lisa. What the bloody hell is this? I've signed us up to do a podcast. See, this is the contract. Oh, Arthur. It's Mummy's Boy. Mummy's Boy is my new podcast where I head back home each week to catch up with my mum and help bring her into the 21st century. Listen to Mummy's Boy every Wednesday wherever you get your podcasts. This is a crowd podcast. It's the Jim Show Life Special, you puppets! Right, are we ready? Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> oh. oh, do you remember that time that you had to pick me up off the toilet in Japan, Dan? Mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty sure. No, he wasn't. Pretty sure. He wasn't. I'm pretty sure. He wasn't on the toilet. What? Actually, he. I had to pick him up the next morning. This is morning before we flew home. So a couple of nights after, all, he'd been on the steam. He didn't. He was that drunk. He fell asleep at the table having dinner, and someone drew a big cock on the back of his head and neck. And we were able to take him back to the. Ho- he finally got back to the hotel. Um, we put him in his room. He fell asleep. And about half hour later. He just disappeared. He, he heard this door go because I was across the corridor and he went. And the next morning at like, I think we flew out about, I had to get about seven or eight. I go into his room. It stinks. Honest to God, the whole room just stinks. So I was um, helping pack. He was so steaming. I was helping pack his stuff up. I think he had his, I can't if he had his pants around his ankle, but yeah, I then was yeah, getting I his did. toiletries together. I, yeah. I, I, yeah. <laughs> but you were, you're in the bed, you're in the bed with his pants around his ankles, but basically I was trying to pull this stuff clearing her stuff up I went into the bathroom to um, basically check check his toiletries get his toiletries together I was like oh my god I looked in the toilet and there was a shit but there was no paper or anything else with this shit and I, at that point I was just like right Joe you need to go in here and wipe your ass <laughs> because you can't be flying home you can't be spending 14 hours on a plane with an unwiped ass. So yeah, that's what I had to do. I'm not. Enti- I'm not entirely sure I did, Dan. I think I might have. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably not. I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't interested in that part. I just did my. We lost your pen, didn't we? You, you lost a pen. You're very upset. Oh. Cause you lost a pen, mate. Honestly, she's still not forgiving me. I don't like bringing it up, but my wife Daisy bought me uh, a really. Spe- I like stationery and stuff, and for years I've liked it. So as a special. Um, gift she bought me a Mont Blanc like a proper like for I can't remember was it something a Meister something Meister fucking hell she can hear Dan's just bringing up that pen I lost yeah do you remember that pen didn't like it anyway you twat So it's been a long week camping. Yeah, I lost a pen. She's never forgiven me. Anyway, thank you for getting yeah. into that. Yeah, I sent Belle. <laughs> Belle uh, my wife was staying. Belle was staying with us, and I sent uh, her in the next day 
because the rooms got cleaned and she went down to reception and she basically asked and she was given all the items a plastic clear plastic bag of all the items that were left in that room and it was like your mm. underpants your shirt and she bell reckoned she almost vomited because it was it just was disgusting <laughs> All right, let's get on with the show. On with the show. Right, because it went so well last time, we've been allowed to do it again. And um, I'm being let loose with Dan the Cola Bear Cole. Just us two, no Tom at all, because he's busy, apparently. Although, when I asked him, I got the impression that it was because there's this beef. The amount of people I've come up to, that have come up to me and said, uh, Dan and Tom, is there like a genuine beef between them two? And I was like, well, I don't know. You'll have to, you'll have to ask them themselves. So uh, I'm definitely feeling that from Tom's side, and that's probably why he's not coming on tonight. Uh, we also did try and get Ben Young's, but uh, he's too busy having beers in the sun, which isn't like him. Boop. And tips... The the nose slash king of Trabanos also had better plans. Said he went out, he was going out for food tonight, which is bollocks because he doesn't go out. He's just probably at home playing FIFA, practicing because he's so upset about it. Anyway, welcome back, welcome back, Coley. Thank you. Thanks. Basically, what you're saying is that you're contractually obliged to do this pod, and you've run out of friends. <laughs> You've upset so many people that they're just, they're not doing it anymore. Yeah? Is that? That is probably on the fucking money. Thank you, Dan. You, I think you're questioning my uh, commitment. When, when Tips is saying integrity. he's out for dinner, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're, we're also recording this pretty late in the week because I have been on holiday, as you can tell by my lovely complexion, which doesn't make sense on a podcast, um, which you can't see a lot of, but I have got a bit of a burnt nose because it sticks out in front of my it's, cap, so it doesn't shade it very well. It's really close to the sun, isn't it? That's why. <laughs> anyway, I went on a holiday in a camper van to Camp Bestival with the family. Cole, I think, haven't you got a an actual camper van. You own one, don't you? No, I've got a caravan. A motorhome. No, no, just a caravan. A ca- Go on. What do you mean, what's a caravan? Well, tow along. Uh, yeah. No, I meant, like, what have you got? Tow along or... Yeah. A caravan that you tow. So, it, a fucking hell. It, just a little bit more. <laughs> what sort of caravan have you got? I'm not asking for the reg details or where its exact right. position is so I've people got, uh, can come around and fucking nick it. Yeah. Uh, I've got an Elder Cervante... 840 I think is what it's called yeah so it's you know eight foot wide what sort and of birth what sort of birth six birth, are we looking six at? birth yeah oh it's got it's got uh basically it's got bunk beds in the back for the kids they love it one yeah. they're like stations and uh yeah the seating area at the front converts and I think the kitchen table converts but we've never really had to use that bit so it's good apart from when you go in there um the kids love to go in their stations but they just so you put them to bed and then you sit in the front and all you can see is like the curtains just twitching and they're like they just stick their heads out and look at you and you're like can you get to sleep and they're like daddy i'm in a caravan it's like yeah, yeah go to sleep now boys it's like 
Daddy, I'm in my station. I'm like, great. And you, you just, you know, occasionally, you know, when you're like just watching TV or just reading a book, you just see like in this, in the corner of your eye, you see something twitch and it's the curtain and they're just checking you're there and you're like, great. Like, can you just go to sleep? So, you're scared shitless. You know, it's, yeah. you know, it's kids, but you're still scared shitless. You're like, oh, God. Yeah. Um, anyway, so enough about my caravanning. Tell me about your cat. Were you motorhome, VIP? Um, you'd actually drive the thing or was it one of these ones that was really there and you just drove your car to it and got in it and pretended you drove it there? What's all of those? Before we move on to my caravanning, Dan, uh, yep. I've just Googled, did you, did you buy your, your model of caravan or was it brand new or second hand? Why? Does it make a difference? I didn't steal just it. Just impressed with, well, Thanks. I wasn't suggesting that. I'm just suggesting yeah. that you've had a very successful rugby career in order to fucking buy one of those things. Um, basically, I got. I think it was <sighs> it was on the it was on the Lions tour, so it's four years ago. Um, my wife, I was obviously we were going to be away for it. It was like ten weeks, wasn't it? Three months. She had one year old, so she's like, "My family's in Norfolk. I want to go back to Norfolk. You can either buy me a, as a second house or a second home or a caravan." And I thought, hmm tough choice here caravan it is so we've got a nice one and uh yeah and it lives at her sister's house so she's very close by and it, yeah it's great what a fucking shit opening section to our yeah. really shit podcast that we do but it's wonderful because i we get to we talk to you yeah we're gonna have to fill it somehow because i doubt when you're at your festival that you um paused it for two hours we'll say two hours four hours to watch the game did you i I'm so glad that I didn't pause my festival for two hours because all the reports and the clips that I have seen bored me to death. Um, so were you on stage at the camp festival? Were you like reading poetry or anything? Or were you just there as a fan? <laughs> <laughs> or was it Joe Marler show? Were, okay. were, you, were you doing a podcast without me? Were you doing the Joe Marler show there live? Were you? <laughs> all right, now I find out. <laughs> I was just uh I was just feeling the water for uh Camp Festival 2022 for the Dan and Joe show. Um and believe it or not no one was fucking interested so I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> Doesn't surprise me that. I actually did um I did a talk. <laughs> <laughs> I did a- I did a talk in... I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud. I did a talk in the literary tent, actually, Dad. <laughs> so, <laughs> you were actually reading poetry. Right, this gets better. Uh, I'm, right, let me just... <laughs> okay, yeah. I've got so many questions to ask now, right? You tell me about yeah, this okay. this talk you made, please, and then I'm going to... Okay, fine. So, about, <laughs> about 12 months ago, I think, uh, robbed a bank. Go on, here's your chance to make some shit jokes. Was oh, that a person, is it? All oh, right, okay. Yes, he's the guy that set up the festival. He was also... Uh, is that his actual name or is that his stage name? It, it's, I think he has. I think it's his actual name now. I'm not sure it was his birth name, but I think it is mm. his actual name now. Um, anyway, he, he messaged there, uh, about 12 months ago seeing if I'd like to go down to Camp Festival and represent calm the charity i'm an ambassador of and do a bit of a talk and such and such and then i didn't pick up his email until last minute and then scrambled about trying to sort something out and he managed to sort something out and i went and did a chat in the literary tent (laughs) 
about uh, mental health, about uh, rugby. I think you were probably mentioned a few times. Uh, there was a fair amount of rugby potholes slash noises slash fans um, about Camp Bestival. I mean, it's southwest. Yeah, it's Dorset. That's in the southwest, isn't it? Sorry, I'm just looking in the background of your dogs. Um, are, they, are they mounting? Yes. Um, yeah. So, okay. <laughs> what? Um, you obviously give me the headline slot for this talk, yeah? So, so here we go. I was like, oh, God, no one's turning up for this, definitely. Daze was like, well, it's all right, we're here. I went, cool. So I'm going to do a talk in a literary tent in front of my wife and four children. But only at a festival would this happen that I do. It was a semi-serious talk, you know, it was a bit lighthearted, but it was also touching on the mental health stuff. And... um <laughs> It was actually a fair few people turned up and I was it was movie theme day at the festival so it was sat, the Saturday is the main day that everyone gets dressed up as the movie characters they went as I had uh, Felix as Chase from Paw Patrol there is a Paw Patrol movie before you question me Dan um Maggie was Tinkerbell Jasper was Hook Daisy was Frenchie from um, Greece. And I was Maui from Moana. But the dad version that, you know, could appeal to the dads, basically, who've got really saggy boobs and a massive fat muffin top. Because we can all be Mauis if we want to be. So I'm doing a semi-serious talk about uh, all things mental health dressed as Maui with a massive wig and a man bun. Um, only at a festival. Can you do that? Yeah. Um, how many people were in the crowd then? <laughs> oh, it was a big turnout. Oh, it was about seven. Wow. Fair play. <laughs> right. Because we're really good at segueing, why don't we segue into the Lions' second test, of which the Springbok or Bocker or... South Africa won and unfortunately I didn't watch it um did you watch it Dan I did yeah was it as bad as everyone says it depends what you're into if you're into free-flowing rugby then yes it was if you're into scrums and malls like <laughs> one person in the world is then no it was fairly interesting um I did realize that do you mean when- that well, it was quite interesting, like, looking at the matchups. Like, I, I was interested, like, Lions... South Africa kicked off, Lions kicked back to them, and then straight away South Africa actually, like, ripped it down a short side instead of just kicking it back. And I thought, oh, South Africa have actually come out to play and get into the game, and they did a bit. Then they got a penalty, and they kicked for the corner. I think it was 1 minute 30 on the clock. It then must have taken two minutes for the line-out to happen, and it was like, right, you know normally early in the game... You can understand at the end of the game when everyone's knackered, but it was literally like, this game is going to be slow. And honestly, the first half with the referee and stuff like that, it took over an hour or something like that. It was just like, oh Lord, this is going to take forever. And that's what it was. It was basically, I think, you know, South Africa slow played them. Um, They're obviously a lot better than the week before. Lions don't think through a shot, got anywhere near that. And it was just, it was a long time for like TMO and referee and kind of, you know, a lot of the stuff that's apparently been like oh is it going to be sighting is it not all that kind of stuff and it just it did sap the 
energy out of the game. But I mean, to be honest, the energy was sapped after a minute and a half. So, do you think that the infamous Razzie video contributed to the the TMO and the referees then taking the piss with how long they were taking everything because they felt like they had an obligation to actually see everything through, or was it nothing to do with that? I think it must have played a part in regards to. Because you see, like Ben O'Keefe early doors, there was a bit of a, a bit of a dust up, as our mate Chris Robshaw would say. <laughs> early doors in the second <laughs> half, like I think after that line, it was after a scrum. When it, when it was, I think it was a line out. I think it was held up, and there was a dust up, and like everyone's pushing and bloody shoving, and uh, like they had his speech prepared. <laughs> do you got, like, remember <laughs> that? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> we went, it was Denver, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. We we're in Denver at a World Cup camp, and basically. Uh, everyone's we're out for a night out I mean it wasn't like heavy because we knew we were getting absolutely like beasted in trading <laughs> but it's like oh where should we go and um, it's like oh we'll go to this other bar and then Robbo's like no uh, we're bloody hell we can't bloody go there because uh, I've just had a text off uh, one of the lads and, and there's been a dust up there and it's like what he's like there's been a bit of dust up it's like <laughs> What's that? Yeah, that was it. <laughs> You're like, he, oh, didn't, yeah, this- he didn't even cotton on the fact that we've gone, yeah. excuse me, dust up. He thought we were like, oh, dust up. We won't go there. Not, why the fuck are you using the term dust up? So he kept repeating. He's like, <laughs> yeah. yes, there's loads of bloody dust ups over that way. It's like, well, if it's going to be dust up, let's get there. Uh, he's like, no, no we're kind of like, bloody dust up. It reminds me of the time as well. That talk like that is when, do you remember we lost uh, one of the lowest points of our career? Um, was it 20, when we were lost in Wales and we're in the bar afterwards and there's some uh, some England fans abusing us. We've paid good money for this. So we didn't intentionally lose. Like, we've paid good money, you should owe us money, blah, blah. And then uh, it was Tom Croft, wasn't it? Just comes across and he's like, push off. And it was like, <laughs> <laughs> <"Boom!"> <laughs> Like, it diffused the situation. He's it was just nut. like, he's really. Yeah. <laughs> really yeah. lost his nut and he's gone would you just push off and it was just like a diffused situation everyone just looked at him like uses push off <laughs> yeah everyone started laughing it was like right that's work thank you um so yeah going back there's a dust up um the referee gets involved Ben O'Keefe and he's like you know um guys there's not gonna be and he's supposed to spoke for about five minutes basically saying like telling him went off telling um you know, the captain's off basically saying, go back to your teams, talk, 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 talk. And it was like, it was set up. And from that moment on, you kind of knew that he was going to have to do everything by the book on ref mic to make sure that, you know, it couldn't be called into question. And yeah, it slowed everything down. I mean, they got the right results in the end, but it just, it kind of, you want the game, the game sometimes has human error in it, doesn't it? have elements of human error and stuff. And it's, you'd almost prefer to get it wrong, but take, you know, if it's a 50-50 call, Instead of spending 20 minutes trying to work out the right call, just just make a call. You know what I mean? Do you think uh, Warren Gatlin got the selection wrong then, Dan? You'd probably say yes, because they lost the game. Um, but that's oh, easy to say. Oh, good. Yeah, but it's, it's easy to say in um, hindsight, isn't it? Retrospect. But you would look back and say the Lions, yeah, struggled up front and the backs didn't get going. But then it was pretty much the same team has played the week before that had done well so you know you can't really criticise selection we can from a distance but not you know oh my god I'm so sorry it's all those kinder things that I ate buenos <laughs> no they're not kinder buenos they're the healthy teeth looking ones that apparently make your kids teeth really white but 
it doesn't um uh, selection oh sorry let me go back to selection okay okay so you've answered that really cliched and um in to a game of two halves i like that mate why aren't they playing any rugby now we know south africa don't play rugby they're very good and they've been questioned about it but they're very good at what they do it's their style they kick the fuck out of it they defend like fuck and their set piece is aggressive and nasty so that's the way they play rugby fine but the Lions have got players that are better served at not playing that way. So why are they not playing some jouet rugby, I so think to speak? As the game went on, it became harder for the Lions to play. Like in the first test, they didn't, you know, they're keeping the ball off the field. They didn't kick the ball off the field. They were able to play a bit of ball in hand. And even when they, when they kicked the ball, the aerial contest, they were getting results as in, from the you know a tap back or whatever it was, they either recovered it or they got a knock on, and there was a scrum and line scrum went well. So Africa, I think, the second test, they didn't, you know, it's all else saying the lines wanted to play, but South Africa tightened up all those nuts and bolts. And as you know, South Africa, when the mall starts going forward, that's a penalty. You know, they get a penalty. They have they can drain another minute or two off the clock. All those kind of scenarios happen. I think that's probably what happened in the second half. Well, you think. Well, even in the first half, I think of the game in my head. I can remember about three things, a couple of missed kicks at goal, but it was basically also Africa, just slow, maul, carry, penalty. And the Lions never actually had any real attacking opportunities to use. And they, you know, the South Africans definitely tightened up their the ability to catch high balls, etc., and the Lions just didn't have any playable possession. And the set piece, the South Africa took that away. They would line out, since they? South Africa got in the air and stole ball, especially, you know, five, ten metres out from um, their own line. And I think line, the Lions did have one attacking play, didn't they? And they ended with a penalty. I'm trying to think it was a scrum five metres out when Faf basically killed Conor Murray. And then there was another no-arms tackle. And that was basically all they had. And South Africa were very good in those situations. But... They don't allow you to play, and that's a frustrating thing. And I think, you know, South Africa want you to throw the ball around in your own half because they've got a really good D. They want you to run from deep because they've got fast wingers that will shut you down. And you have to, like the first game, first test, the Lions were able to actually get field position and play in the right parts of the field. Second test, they weren't because Africa just literally slow played the game. Penalty after penalty, field position, goal, kicks at goal. There's 20 minutes off the clock and they've done nothing. So that's my thoughts. Daniel, it's very hard to argue with you on that, but I'm going to, and I'm going to use someone who's better at coaching the game than me or you, and that's Sir Graham Henry, who's come out and said, "Mate, it's it's not pleasant to watch, is it? It's not very it's not very good. It's not a great advert for our sport." Now, don't quote me on that. That's kind of the gist I got from his interview that he did. That he said it, the tests have just been awful it's terrible to watch they should be frying the ball around a bit more but the in thing to do at the moment is kick the lever out of it and squeeze people with defenses and he said it so casually as if it was so easily easy to fix and just yeah well they just need to play the ball more they just need to play the ball more but then your argument we well, can't play the ball if the defense is fucking in your face 
getting off the line, get off line, and smashing fuck out of you, or getting intercepts, or pressuring you so hard that you've got no time and space on the ball to do anything with. And yet this Sir Graham Henry is saying that they should be able to do it easier. So there's my retort to your argument. Well, you can see where both sides of the argument, you would like the Lions to play more. And I think it coincides nicely into the team they picked this weekend that looks to throw the ball around a bit more. But you look at the team the Lions picked for that second test with, say, Murray at nine. They wanted more field position and control, I would say, which doesn't mean you run it from deep. And you'd even I think rugby has become that game at the minute. Even Quinns, you know, everyone says you're jouer jouer, but you've actually got really good blokes that put the ball in the right places in the field. So you can play in the opposition half, but in your own half... You know, you're fairly efficient in getting out, and that's the game because the breakdown's so. Like when they brought in the new rules after lockdown, like the breakdown, as soon as somebody basically gets over the, for player safety, as soon as someone gets over the ball, it's almost a penalty in this contest. So teams kick the ball away because you don't want to give away penalties during half because they're kickable. Now, the rules have found a bit of a balance, but I still think teams are thinking that if we carry the ball too much during half or get caught there, we're going to get turned over and. Again, South Africa, if the Lions, all it takes is one bad pass or one, you know, you don't have too many people at the breakdown. South Africa going to pour into that breakdown with four, five, six bodies and turn the ball over. And then you've got South Africa 30 metres from your own goal line. So it's all those balances you have to make. But I think generally, yes, you want the ball to be thrown around more and you want more easy on the eye rugby. But you play in South Africa. Like South Africa have never been a Jouet team. So... A, you kind of set your bar a little bit. If I'm Graham Henry, if I'm watching the Lions versus All Blacks, yeah, it's going to be a running game rugby. If I'm watching them versus South Africa, it's probably not. So you're going to set the bar a little lower um, in your expectation and you look at different things. How, in the nine years that we've played together, have I never fully understood or respected your knowledge of the game until now? Because we don't talk about rugby. <laughs> so why the fuck are we talking about this? Is horseshit. We need some fucking adverts. Um, let's have a little break and then we can talk about the decider. The decider. Then we can talk about the decider. Rachel Adadeji. Then we can talk about Rachel Adadeji and the decider. Hello, I'm Garrett Thomas. And I'm Tom Fordyce. And this is your official invite to come and join our brand new cycling club. Now, good news, it's a podcast too. So you can come and listen to us, try and build this club from scratch, and we'll have a few familiar faces joining us for the ride too. Right, G, time to tell everyone what we've called this club. Well, we thought long and hard about this, so we come up with a strong original name that really stands out. The Garrett Thomas Cycling Club. Yeah, I suppose it's easy to remember at least, isn't it? We will have new episodes for you every single Tuesday. Come and join us. Beneath the veneer of the everyday lurks the realm of the spy. From Wondery, I'm Raza Jaffrey. This is The Spy Who, the podcast exploring true spy stories you were never meant to hear, with secret operatives playing to very different rules. We'll reveal the invisible work of the world's intelligence services, unearthing daring missions packed with danger, deceit and double crosses. Follow The Spy Who wherever you listen to podcasts.
brilliant. Those were the ads, and now it's time to stop being negative about that shit second test and get excited about the third test. I wanted it. I said it for uh, the whole time that I wanted it to go down to the the wire. I thought it wasn't going to. I thought it was going to be a three 0 to the Lions after the first test, and that is my arrogant English in me. But I've got what I wanted, and I'm sure loads of people are really going to be excited that there's going to be something to actually play for in the in the third test. Are you one of those people, Dan? Yes, I'm excited for the third test. It's good that we're going into the third test, one all, everything's played for, and there's an excitement about how the Lions are going to change it up, what's Africa, probably going to do more of the same, but they're going to be better at what they do. And yeah, I'm excited to see how Warren Gatlin's out the blue team selection is going to pan out. It could be brilliant. Right. It might not be. So you're saying that it's an out the blue team. What you think it's a controversial team selection? What what ones don't you like or do like or that you've gone, what the fuck, where's that one come from? Well, I look at, say, Josh Adams coming in and you think, fair enough, he's probably been knocking on the door since minute one, but you're bringing in for Ant Watson who, okay, had a quiet second test, but can play rugby better than I would say random over can you know and especially when he got done for tripping in the second test which is did anyone notice on the well you wouldn't notice because you didn't listen but one of will greenwood's big bugbears in rugby is tripping and it's like happens <laughs> once every six months mate <laughs> like, <laughs> i picked up on it i was just like oh it's one of my big bugbears tripping oh yeah happens all the time though doesn't it like what is he fucking on about? What is he on? Yeah, it's it needs to be removed from the game. It is rife. It is absolutely rife. There's tripping. There's secret tripping. There's obvious tripping. There's high tripping. Yeah. There's even some fucking skipping. I mean, fake tripping where you like trolley, pretend to do it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like it was only like quiet. I think literally they just glossed over it because they was just like, all right, mate. But yeah, I heard it. I was just like. <laughs> <laughs> game's been ruined by tripping um yeah so i, I mean thought- I don't, I, to, to be fair i don't know how he's got away with like it's a fucking it's oh. a ridiculous what he's done i've done some fucking ridiculous shit but he's just <laughs> he's just kicked the bloke with a like a yeah. It's mental. It's not even like you've swung... If if you swung for the ball and it's just kind of you got the bloke, fair enough, but he's picked it up and ran and then you've swung your leg at the... Oh, a bit late. Sorry, mate. Like, yeah. um, I don't know what... I mean, if it was like you or me, who's, you know, slightly um, slower twitch, fair enough. It's totally play on. If If we trip somebody over, it should just be, sorry, lads, yeah, just play on. Don't worry about it. But yeah, if it's a winger... Yeah, please come on now. So anyway, that's my point. Like that selection is a bit um, different. Aki coming into the centres. I mean, I wouldn't say he's torn it up so far on tour. I mean, we haven't seen him for three. It's always a risk, I think, going into that third test, bringing in blokes who have. You know, if you play midweek games, fair enough. But these blokes haven't played in three weeks. I know they've been training, but you know, it's a big risk. But that's, I guess, they knew that all along. And the forward pack, well, Wynn Jones is back, isn't he? Hang on, hang on. What do we, th- what do we think about Wynn Jones coming straight back in to start? Bear in mind, he was in hospital with a shoulder infection before the first test, which he had to pull out for. And then, yeah. do you know, and like you said, he hasn't had a midweek game to then prep him. And this is his yeah. first Lions test. 
for the decider. I mean, that's quite a fucking bold call. It is. And I think it probably goes back to Mako did awesome off the bench in the first test. And, mm. you know, if you get that impact in the third test, it's probably brilliant. It's probably better to start because Sutherland, you know, tried hard but got penalised a few times to have the best game. So probably if you start Win Jones, run him for as long as you can, and then you've got Mako to come on. And if he plays 60 or 40 or 30, he'll add and be good. But yes, there's a lot riding on Win Jones, especially sort of scrum time. Uh, my also my other concern with this team is second half Marks comes on it's a bit nausy so if you're not a rugby connoisseur tune out but the Lions just let South Africa win the ball at the front <laughs> tune Matt, out tune out yeah <laughs> just you know, tune out yeah, tune out for a few minutes it's fine just listen but just press that you know the forward 30 is it forward 30 whatever it is yeah just do, press that a couple of times it's going to be gonna fucking have, longer than that I can yeah, tell well, Lions going to have to change up their line, line out D. That's all I'm going to say is, I think, especially when Marks comes on, South Africa will just throw into the front and mauling it. A bit like Lions did to them in the first test. And, you know, if it's me, I'm sticking, say, Courtney at the front on a single man to get as high as you can to make a throw over you. And then you've got Alan Wynn, who was at the front, in behind, just pull the thing over and do that. Whereas the Lions had Alan Wynn at the front, didn't lift him, didn't really get up, and they just... South Africa Mall, so, so Lions going to have to change that bit up. Hopefully they will. I'll give them a call later on, tell them. Fucking hell. You know, I've been sat on this for the past four or five days looking for someone to talk to, but you didn't watch it, so you won't understand. My, my <laughs> wife tunes out too, so don't worry about it. Anyway, back into the pod. <laughs> Any more? Any more, like, tune outs, back into the pod? Uh, come on, I'm just going to... I'm just gonna, I'm just going to let you talk. Go. Yeah, no, no, that was my only bugbear from the game, along with tripping, was the organisation of the, the D, but, you know, <laughs> I, I don't jump, so I can't cry too hard about it. I just push. So, yeah. Moving on. What are your thoughts going into the third test, Joe, with the team? Sorry, I was just waiting to, because those people that you told to fast forward for 30 seconds, I just thought we needed to wait out a bit longer for them and welcome back if you've just um rejoined us from dan's nausathon which was very educational actually so i won't mock it but it did put me to sleep for 90 seconds so anyway but my thoughts on the squad dan are fucking hell i thought I thought if I was DOR or the head coach or whatever, the the manager or the guy who picks the team, I go, would I really change that many on a Lions tour? It's quite a lot to do for a decider for the test. He's rolling the dice. He's having a gamble. He's like, well, that last week's team didn't fucking work playing that way. So I'm going to pick players to play this way and do something different and try and bamboozle the Boca. But then I go, I would have just picked the same 23 um, for all three tests and hoped they got better and better um, and gelled a little bit more rather than changing it all. But then I haven't got a fucking clue what I'm talking about. That doesn't no, make I, sense, does it? Like, why, me, would, why would you drop someone because they didn't play particularly well in one game? When, like they're, they're class internationals. Give them another shot, but then you haven't got time to give them another chance because you've got a series to win, but then someone's coming in dry. They've not warmed up. Do you know what I mean? It's, I'm like, fucking hell. I, I don't envy, I don't envy the coaches. They, obviously they have a, 
they know training and they know what's going on. So this is, I always have a, when you think about, you know, pick apart team selection is we've been in England camps and people have picked apart the team, but the coaches know what's going on day in, day out. And they're in the situation. They know what condition people are in. They know how people work together, but you do, you think, say if a team's good enough for the first test, why would you dramatically change it up or change up your style? If that's the style you thought was going to win the first test, why would you change it up too much for a second to third? Unless you're literally trying a totally different style, but then, you know what I mean? It's a big roll of the dice in the third test to go, hey, go play rugby and win us the test. Do you think Gats will will actually go, or did actually go, hey, go out and win us the game, like you just did in that accent, or... Yeah. <laughs> Guys, just uh, just score more points than them. And now, and now, and now, and now, and now, and now, and now. That's a reference to any previous listeners. And if you got that joke, well done. You win five made up Coley points. Well done. If you didn't get the reference, listen back. Tune in. Don't tune out. Tune in to the previous episodes and you will understand. I can't tell you which one because I've blacked out from all the fucking rugby chat that we've done over the last six weeks. But let's finish it off with predictions. Now, South Africa are are in a bit of a tricky spot. They've got Faf out and they've got Peter Steph de Tweet out, which are two big losses. What do you think of that, Dan? I think South Africa, when they lost big Peter Steph, they actually found a good solution to it at the end of the game. I actually think he won't be that big a blow. Faf, yes, but then Ryanax come in, he's similar set. Um, I don't think it's going to affect South Africa that much, in all honesty. I think they will be primed. They'll be another step further along, ready to go. Now, how that affects the game, we were asking for predictions, weren't we? I think South Africa will win. We want to go home, do we? Um, So you're going with a South Africa win? Unfortunately, yes. What do I go with then? And bearing in mind I was wrong with my first prediction and my second prediction, if I'm wrong with my third prediction, everyone's a winner. Well, everyone's not a winner, are they? Because there'll they'll be winners and losers and we won't be a winner or a loser because we're not involved at all. So everyone isn't a winner. So it's a really shit thing to say. There's that loads of people lose and only some people win. Not everyone's a winner. How do, everyone's a winner. When when is ev- when is everyone a winner? Tell me. Tell me. Give me an example when everyone is a winner. Everyone's a winner when two blokes jump over a pole and they both have a certain amount of jumps. They do exactly the same jumps and same height and then decide to share the gold medal. They didn't share it. They didn't half a gold medal. They had two gold medals and the world... Even the people that were second and third or... I don't know if that's third and fourth now. Um, everyone's a winner there because the guy in silver got to, he got a silver instead of a bronze. Bronze got a bronze instead of nothing. And everyone just felt really awesome about sport and mankind and you know the human race. And everyone's a winner then, weren't they, Joe? Uh, it's a good example. You, it's, 
it's a good example you've come up with there, Cola Bear. But I that doesn't sit well with me. I'm not happy with them sharing it. Like, well, uh, oh, okay. I would say if it was you, you who played in an earlier pod a game of credit card roulette against George Cruz and was trying to oh let's go halves, let's go halves, let's go halves, and it was Cruz who went no, let's do it. And he ended up losing. You definitely would have taken the gold, wouldn't you? You'd have shared the gold based on your former. For clarification, for clarification of that story, that is a, a small sprinkling of spice you've thrown in there. I said, "Cruiser, mate, we'll go halves, mate. It's absolutely fine. I don't mind going halves because no, I knew full well that that was going to tip him over the edge to go. No, we're going all the way, and because his energy, his karma, his yin and his yang, and his zen was so bad from the start when he said he didn't want to do it from the start, he was always going to fucking lose. So I was just trying to dampen the bloke. Yeah, we can halve it if you want, mate. You know, the, actually, uh, I'm going to go with a Lions win. I'm going to go with the Lions win. They're going to win. They're going to win, throwing the ball around. Liam Williams is going to score the winner, and it's going to be twenty. It's going to be twenty nine. He'll miss that, and then she'll kick that. He'll score. It's going to be twenty nine, twenty six to the Lions, and they'll go down in history as Lions series winners. So that's my prediction, and I just want to say thank you to you Daniel for coming on and yet again showing up how very little I know about the game of rugby and showing up how very much you know about the game of rugby and I love I could sit here and listen to you all night I love listening to you it's a deep deep connection that I feel I have towards you and sometimes it's not reciprocated but I know that deep 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 down you do love me back that's why you helped me wipe my bum after the World Cup final and I had to get on the plane but I was too drunk to wipe my own bum so you did it for me so I, I didn't for do that, it for I you I will always Just, be I, grateful I, for the record I didn't do it for you uh, it made, what I was thinking about there was when you talk about you know, how you love to hear me talk was the fact that I'd probably turn you uh, you'd like to listen to me talk all night so you could fall asleep and it reminds me of the time we're in New Zealand and <laughs> I know where this is going you I'm, fucking shithouse you're a shithouse Joe likes, he likes too to, many he used to fall asleep shit stories on it me it was always Peaky Blinders it used to be Peaky Blinders he'd like have his laptop he'd line his thing he'd have his laptop on his like darb and he'd watch it and the problem was it was like he'd have it on his headphones last night and he'd fall asleep and his headphones and Peaky Blinders still be going so I'd be awake and the room would be lit up with Peaky Blinders and the noises going on and he'd be asleep. But this one night, it's on his... I can't really do it justice, but his laptop's on his chest, his thing. He's falling asleep, he's falling asleep. He's flinched and this laptop's jabbed him in the nose really hard. <laughs> and woke up. He's then looked at me. I'm giggling. He's like, you're not recording that, are you? I'm like, yeah, Joe. I've been filming you fall asleep all night. Like... <laughs> Yeah, just let me watch that back. So he's all right, good, good, good. I think good. I've still got. I think I've still got a scar on my nose from the edge of that laptop hitting me, and as if the first thought was me thinking you had filmed that. I was yeah. like, "What? I don't, you're a wanker." Yeah. Anyway, uh, thanks again, mate. We've got uh, the final Joe Marler show Lions special next week. 
please join me again, Coley, because I've run out of all, all other friends. Um, and you've actually been a popular addition, believe it or not. And for one final time, you guys that haven't tuned out and girls that haven't tuned out yet, come back, please. Ta-ra. Hi. Crowd Network, a place where you belong.